1: What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline podcast. You're listening to episode 158. I am here tonight with Ryan. Tyler hey. is on leave. <laughs> he's Tyler, on leave. leave of absence. Uh, thoughts and prayers with Tyler. Right being now. a kid again mm-hmm. must be fun.
0: Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't miss
1: what he's no. dealing with. I'm no, not gonna me lie. either. No, not being married too, is
0: great. <laughs> yeah, not going to go too deep into it. But uh, <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. We don't know what's happening. We just know that Tyler suddenly could not be a part of tonight
1: and we're. So send all your positive yeah. vibes to Tyler. <laughs> uh, yeah. But tonight, tonight me and Ryan are going to do our lovely yearly special of, uh, and it's a, normally a two-parter because it just takes so long to talk about individual players. But tonight we're going to do forward grading. So mid-season forward grades. We are officially at the mid-season point. The Red Wings officially suck again. Um, it has not looked. Great the past couple games. I mean, the Nashville game wasn't terrible, but uh, it, it, Ned is a little bit off his game. We're not seeing the scoring that we need to see. Uh, and again, it's, you got to depend on first line or nothing. And if first line's not scoring, then it's mostly nothing. Pain so, is
0: the word I think you're looking for there.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It hasn't looked good, but we're going to take this episode to go through our midseason grades for our forwards. <laughs> And I've seen a couple articles online. Uh, Devin from the Hockey Writers, I think, just did one. And uh, there have been a few others that have been doing their midseason grades, and we normally do it around this time of year. So, uh, sound good, Ryan? Sure. Do you want to just jump into it? Is there anything you want to talk about for the last couple games? Or uh, do, we need,
0: do you want to – what has played since we recorded? We,
1: we've had two games because we had that really long one, break because they pushed the Flyers game.
0: One was bad game. We won't talk about bad game.
1: So, yes, bad game. Not good. Don't like it. And then the Nashville game, like I said, was, man, it was
0: Dallas was the disappointment. Nashville was not
1: necessarily surprising. Dallas. I,
0: Dallas, they they played, they meaning, meaning Detroit played well enough that they should have won that game. And then they, and they lost it in OT and that, that was painful. The Nashville game. I don't know. It was, it, it probably just did come down to one team having the better players and that was Nashville but it again it shows how much they need to grow as a team meaning Detroit to be a playoff co- team to be a contender yes yeah but and then just performing on the road because again they shit the bed on the road
1: constantly
0: simple as that
1: constantly oh the other thing we have to talk about uh the oh, red wings oh, oh. picked up gemel smith off waivers oh yeah that was kind of important that happened in wow. the last see, week see this is
0: this has been a slow, weird week. No, yeah. Is it, is it Gemmel or Jamel?
1: Uh, I don't know. I pronounce it Gemmel the mm. way it looks. I think it's Gemmel. Smith. I thought it was Jamel. Could be that. But oh, this, we have this, this other Smith brother. We have Giovanni Smith's brother.
0: That's why, I think, oh. that's why I think I'm saying Jamel because it's Giovanni. So I'm thinking okay. a similar start.
1: You're using the same G sound.
0: Well, we'll have to listen to the broadcast tomorrow and see what they say because I'm sure they'll probably talk about it.
1: So uh, we picked up Smith off waivers from From tampa Tampa?
0: ironically enough which tinfoil hat time is that as jen i think mentioned it in the discord that it's a a little i'm going to help you out right now to make sure you guys are good to go and things and then there's going to be a trade coming here probably at some point
1: we'll see uh so smith doesn't have i mean he's got a decent amount of of nhl time he has Mm -hmm. 88 nhl games played at 24 points uh he is more i mean he's your he's an older version of his brother. He is your kind of rough guy. That's going to go out there. He's going to push for the puck. He's going to beat people up. And that's what he is. A fourth line grinder a center. Uh, he is listed as a I believe center. he is. Yes. Um, and Mitchell Stevens is still out. So uh, right now he's been injured. He's on a conditioning stint in the AHL right now with grand Rapids has one point in two games. He has an assist. Uh, He's allowed to be there on a conditioning stint for three games, which is normal. And then Jen had told me today that she thinks that they can request another two. So it's yet to be seen if the Red Wings are going to do that. Uh, So Smith could come back as early as tomorrow. I've yet to see any information on it. We do play the Blackhawks tomorrow. So uh, he has played most of his career with the Dallas Stars. I played three games for Boston. He played five, six, seven, eight games for the Lightning, um, but he has over 60 games for the Stars. So, I mean, he's kind of the guy you can, he's a shit disturber, for lack of a better term. He goes in and he stirs it up and he can score, I guess, the odd goal or so, but he's kind of there to bulk up and solidify your bottom six where you need him.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird situation because obviously they claimed him on waivers. So he has yep. to be, what, 30 days total, at least with with Detroit. Now, I think that might mean that he can kind of float between the active roster and the, and the taxi squad. Correct. As long as he's not getting sent to Grand Rapids.
1: Yeah. Now, see, I searched and searched and searched for this and I didn't ask anyone, but I looked online a lot and. There were some places that say once you pick them up, up off waivers, they have to be on your roster. And some made it seem like they had to be on your roster for the rest of the season, which to me would seem extreme. No,
0: it's it's a th- it's 30 days.
1: And that's what I originally thought that is that yeah. it was 30 days and then you could shift them down. But
0: yeah, then it Bennett just goes back through the process of having to clear waivers because that's what happened with wasn't it Tampa and And you have to offer them
1: back to their original team first.
0: If you do it within that 30 day window. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
0: I, I, he I'm, unless maybe that's what the 30 days stood for. I'm not, I I am 98% certain that as long as he's on Detroit's roster for 30 days, then he can get sent back down though. He'll still have to clear waivers.
1: Got it. So 30 days would be kind of the end of February. Uh, yep. Right now, the NHL trade deadline is March 21st. So, do your, Stevie could be working the phones. We'll see what yep. happens. Could be. I mean, we I mean, don't he, have a ton of trade chips currently uh, with the way they're playing and no. looking. So, I mean, I mean he's
0: not—he's nothing special in the face-off dot. He hasn't really. I mean, he's played limited games, so he's a career. 46% face-off guy, so don't know if it's necessarily he was picked up for that. He could be strictly for defense side. I mean, it's...
1: I think he's there to pump his brother up.
0: Could be, which would be fantastic, because if we start seeing Giovanni Smith like we've been really hoping Giovanni Smith could be, oh, look out. Yeah. If he start... If Giovanni if Smith starts to click offensively what we've been hoping for, dude, watch out. It's going to be have, over.
1: We have Bash Bros
0: 2.0. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Just without really the scoring, I guess. (laughs) Because they could score. They could do more than hit people. Right.
0: Which it might, it kind of seems that maybe Jamel, if again, I'm I'm not trying to butcher his name. I I think that's how you pronounce it, but it could be that he's maybe there to add a little bit more of a, a Mitchell Stevens type role, which is someone that we still haven't heard any updates on for, I don't know how long now is he, is there any news on
1: him? So I saw someone say that his timetable is around the same as Verona.
0: So he's out until the Olympic break. Okay. Hockey reference, lower body. I wonder if he had a sprain. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that's same as Verona, at least Olympic break.
0: So maybe he's a filler because, I mean, Carter Rowney is also out. He's on IR. We don't know how long. Don't know what's going on there. Really, this just kind of solidifies your bottom line bottom six if anything to Mm -hmm. if something happens that he can be brought in that's where i think that you might start seeing him back and forth from the taxi squad Mm -hmm. but i mean you look at his stat line it's not the worst thing ever it doesn't nothing nothing truly stands out but 12 24 points in 88 games is not awful by any stretch of the imagination Mm -hmm. he's doing that in 10 minutes of ice time uh, he doesn't
1: seem like a liability That's the whole thing. He's not a liability on the ice. And in the games that he's got, the five games he got in Tampa, he had three points. In three Mm -hmm. games with Tampa the season before, he had a goal.
0: And it looks like he's a defensive zone guy. So he is going to fill probably that type of role if he's brought into the roster. So another PK PK guy, maybe. Because what I'm looking at right now is his possession metrics and his zone starts. And every year, with the exception of this season and his five games, more... almost 66% and above of his zone starts are defensive. So he's a guy that they're probably throwing in there either on the wing or as an extra center on the wing or even the center for D zone start or in the PK.
1: So. He's not going to mess you up. He's going to rough up other guys, and mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be there, like you said, just to maybe solidify that bottom line jumpstart. Are we are we, one, are we
0: Smith, Smith, and Ernie, the new, a new, new age grind line?
1: Oh, Lord. You mean the <laughs> Adam Ernie, who actually got a goal. He heard yes, us talking squared. about him.
0: He got <laughs> a goal up. the other night. So. No, he saw Pete's tweets.
1: Yeah, no, I mean. This
0: we is three months of terror.
1: Uh, the mailbag. where We're like, <laughs> when, when's he going to go on his? Yeah, his three month there. Yeah. And like, oh, never. And then he does. So that's great. We'll see if that if that keeps up for him. Now, before we get into it, because this is going to be a long one, I need to do our read from DraftKings. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's jump into our mid-season grades. Uh, like sure. I said, tonight we're going to do forwards. And uh, Do we want to go by like... Player number. Do we want to do that? Do we want to go bottom to top or what? Let's just go. Let's go player number by. Oh, let me double sort. Oh here. lord! So forward. Now sort by player number. We'll go. We'll go by sweater number, I guess. That's a, a as good of a way to do it as that So we'll start with Philips Zina. Again, to preface, Philips Zina is twenty-two years old. Twenty-two years old, controllable. His contract easy, is eight hundred and thirty-two thousand five hundred dollars.
0: Now he is technically in a quote unquote contract year. He is granted a it's an RFA free agent year. and he
1: does not have yes. arbitration rights.
0: Nope, and he really has no leg to stand Zero on. But anyways, continue.
1: So, the hope for Philip Zadina is that oh. we get him on a cheap contract because we control it. And then he just mm. takes off once. I mean, maybe he plays out the rest of the season, hopefully get some time with Verona and then just takes off. That's the whole thing.
0: Mean, that would be pretty neat.
1: So Philip Zadina so far this season has 40 games played, four goals, seven assists for 11 points. He is a minus 17. Um, mm. It's not good, Bob.
0: No. And for us, that does not uh, us as, the, as a whole and really most people. That don't like plus minus, but it's still something you see. It's not, not good. I mean, if it could have been worse. I mean, it's been it could worse. Be Nick Letty who's years. a minus twenty one. See,
1: really? Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Well, we'll get there
1: next week. Um, Philip Zadina's shooting percentage currently sits at a four point nine, which is also not good. Bad. He really has five hundred and seventy two minutes of ice time, averaging fourteen minutes and seventeen seconds a night. Different. Uh 19 block shots, 27 hits. And I mean, there's not a lot to say about Philip Zadina, besides his possession metrics, are good. F, yeah. He drives possession. The yes. fancy
0: stuff favors yes. him much more than his actual stat yes line.
1: The fancy stats are, are are good for Philip Zadina. He's still sitting at a Corsi 4 of 52.2 and a Fenwick four of 52.0, uh, in all situations. He has more offensive zone starts and defensive zone starts, but that's expected his on ice shooting percentage is six point three his on ice save percentage is eighty eight point six that's actually low um, that's
0: bad as a team that yeah is. that's a team a team shooting either.
1: percentage and a team save uh-huh. percentage when he is on the ice um so it's those stats are eh but other than that I mean you we had mentioned it before you picked up I mean, you got Philip Zeno, You drafted him to be a pure goal scorer. Now, granted, yep. you did tell him to work on his two way game. It was reported, Iserman told Zadina he needs to work on his two way game. He needs to work on his defensive side absolutely of the puck. and he has. I,
0: I, the last two seasons, especially, you can tell that defensively he has become more sound. He's aggressive. He gets back his his. his to put it simply, his controller doesn't die whenever he doesn't have the puck. Yep. Um, and that's offensively and like in the offensive zone and the defensive zone.
1: But if you look at evolving hockey, and they take into a lot of oh uh, fun, fancy stats, his player card hasn't been an overall. Now, the higher the number, the better for player cards. Up to hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's hundred, not even McDavid. But overall, Philip Zadina is a fifteen, an offensive thirteen, and a defensive twenty-one. Now, that for the Red Wings, that's a good defense, uh, defensive number twenty-one. I think, like I saw, Lucas Raymond was like at a five. That's not great. But Raymond's getting more minutes and playing against tougher competition and all that, so that's not good. I mean, Zadina right now, if if I take into account fancy stats, Zadina's at a maybe he's a he's a D on the year.
0: You're going D. I was going to go C minus. So I, I'm going. So I was thinking C minus, but you know,
1: you D made plus, the point C- early. Minus.
0: I think D plus is almost a little unfair, and you made the point that. He's still young. Yep. He is. And I think the other thing, too, is he hasn't had the grind. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him because we've had this conversation, I think, many a times over the last couple of weeks in particular. He hasn't played a full NHL season yet. No,
1: this will be his first full season if he has a full season. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think that hopefully, and we know that he's in a, he's going to be probably getting a bridge deal or something along those lines going into the next season. You made the comment that his defense has improved. I think that's something everyone can easily agree on. The shots are there. He's putting pucks on net and he's setting up guys for success. The puck just hasn't gone in yep. now, a lot of that. And I think they were talking about it on ballet sports at one point. Um, he's basically just too far out on his attempts. Like, you look at his shot chart, how many of those are, we call it Ovi's office nonstop, but he doesn't have the power and the accuracy that Ovechkin does. No, he's
1: throwing Martin Furk shots out there.
0: Yeah, He is a Furk 2.0 right now, and it's because he's not getting tight enough to make his shot more effective. Because we've seen when he gets in close how dangerous he can actually be and how good his stick handling is, or puck handling, I should say. Because then you look at Lucas Raymond's shot chart, yeah, he's got shots all over the ice, but look where all his goals are coming. Sure. Between the dots and lower.
1: Raymond also, I think, could challenge for one of the harder shots in the league because that puck goes fast.
0: Sure. But at the same time, he's still pushing himself to the net to yep. try to make things happen. Z- Zadina, that's been, I think, his crutch, is he tries to get comfortable and, and is almost overcompensating, I think, for what he thinks his shot is versus what's coming off. Mm. Now, there's some pepper behind it. And when he oh, p- yeah. gets it on that, things are, things are happening. Yep. But He's also shooting right at the fucking logo every time, and that's not good.
1: Yeah, you're never gonna drive a puck through a goalie. (laughs)
0: No. So I I would give him a solid C. And I'm and the reason I'm going C is while we want him to score and he should be scoring, this team needs him to score goals. He's made up for it defensively in, in to an extent. It hasn't been awful. Now, granted you could say, here's where the C minus D plus could come in. Cause there's particular plays that stand out just for him that led to goals against. And it was bad. There was no telling that Philip Zena, you've gone done fucked up. And we just got a goal scored against us because of a turnover or a bad shot or a bad play around the boards. And it led to an immediate rush the other way for a goal. So I, he, he teeters with me. I'm going to stick with the C just to see where the rest of the season goes. But my grade my
1: grade doesn't mean get rid of Phillips-Dina or it doesn't mean Phillips-Dina is a bust. My grade is just no. his performance so far this season. Even though a lot to be desired. Yeah, even though the fancy stats are there, it's it's the regular it's the actual like on ice what a lot of people go, I hate Zadina, Zadina sucks. And it's because he's done, it's like you they look at the point total versus game total, which is not the way yeah. to do that. But it's it's fair to to also take that into account as well as the fancy stats.
0: I mean, all we can hope is that the fancy stats and the expected goals, he's as he's got some of the better on the team. That if those turn into goals, then we start seeing some of these games get turned around. Because there's where the justification comes from for ice time is pucks in net, pucks on net. I mean, if it happens, then that's where we want it to be. But right now, it hasn't happened. So
1: if we also take a look at GAR, which is goals above replacement, which has been basically used in baseball a lot, uh, usually called Mm -hmm. war. Um, You can use GAR uh, just as a short explanation uh, Gar is a one size fits all number that encapsulates how valuable an individual player is in terms of on ice play relative to a replacement level player, which is basically a player that's readily available that you could just call up a team and get. It's your mid level player. It's your baseline right now. Philip Cena's goals above replacement uh, is a minus three. That's not- that means any replacement level player could come in. And net you at, on average three more goals than Zadina.
0: There's only two Red Wings that are lower than him.
1: So that's, you're right. That is bad. For um, yeah. your wins above replacement, I'm negative 0.5. So, which that
0: one's a little more of a, a tight range, but yeah, it's still
1: not. Which good. that all that means that putting a completely average player in the place of Philip Zadina maybe You'd get see you no half a win on a season. Yep. So, which is not where Zadina wants to be either. So. Nope. Uh, our next player, if we're going by number, is Robbie Fabry, who I have dubbed the hot and cold player of the year. Um, he's the
0: most confusing guy, I think, yeah, I, on this team. He
1: got his, his new contract, which is fine. Um, I had mm-hmm. no problem giving Robbie Fabry the contract. He, I, we thought he had maybe at one point been one of their bigger trade ships but we locked him up for $3.1 million a year. He is 26 years old. And this season, Robbie Fabry has played 40 games, has 11 goals and seven assists for 18 points is a minus 14. Uh, His shooting percentage right now is 11.3. It's a good shooting percentage with 694 total minutes on ice, averaging 17 minutes and 21 seconds a night. Uh, He has 16 blocks, 68 hits. That's a huge hit number.
0: He's playing around out there. He's kind of like a spot. Robbie monkey.
1: Fabry has the second most hits on the team behind Adam Ernie, who has 83. And,
0: and he might be the worst defensive player. Uh,
1: Robbie Fabry also has a 51one faceoff percentage, which is good. The Red Wings actually have quite a few players who are over 50% on faceoff, which is...
0: Which is a nice upgrade. Yeah,
1: which it was just Luke Glendening and Dylan Larkin. And now it's... It's Larkin. It's Raymond. Raymond's at exactly Every. 50%. Pia Suter. Robbie Fabry. Uh, Michael Rasmussen. Only, yeah. Okay. Raymond's only had six face-offs. So 50%. Now. Adam Ernie. Oh whatever. Uh, who else? Uh, Joe Valeno is above 50%. 52.
0: Uh, Mitchell Stevens only got to, was only at a 48. That's. Par
1: Horoshi has taken one face-off and won it 100%. Oh, good for him. Uh, yeah. So Robbie Fabry.
0: Don't ever let Chris Guolo. Ever again in the faceoff.
1: <laughs> Rafi Fabry, uh, so far this season, um, is I mean, like I said, it's confusing. Uh, some nights he's it, really it good is. and he's hot, other nights he's just scrambling. And like Ryan said, it's like he's on cocaine out there with the puck and he's just moving super fast and his hands can't keep up and he's confusing himself. And then other nights, I mean, he's like right on the money and looking really good. So,
0: I mean, he's been consistently on the second line, you could say. Between him and Suter, who's playing center, it's kind of a toss-up. Mostly Suter, so he's playing a lot of wing, which you would think would make him not as crazy.
1: You would think, but maybe he's moving too fast to try yeah. to find open ice. But uh, he has a. I mean, I'm pre- what'd you, What was Zadina's uh, defense on Evolving Hockey? Zadina's defense was a twenty-one.
0: Oh wow! So Fabry might be the worst defensive forward, yeah.
1: which is bad. Um, but his yeah. his possession numbers are good. So right now he's sitting at a are they yeah, he's sitting at a all situations Corsi 4 of 52.6 and a Fenwick four of 51. His on ice shooting percentage is an eight point eight, and his on ice save percentage is an eighty-nine point eight. So the save percentage below 90, which is not great. Um, but the shooting percentage is pretty decent when he's on the ice. A team shoots at an 8.8, which is not terrible. Uh, he also gets on, where do you, where are you far more right offensive now? zone starts and defensive zone starts. Uh, possession metrics on Hockey Reference.
0: Oh, I'm in a skater advanced stats
1: versus possession. So that shows that they have recognized that Fabry is not good defensively, and Fabry gets yeah. uh, almost zero defensive zone starts. So,
0: which is probably appropriate, yep,
1: absolutely appropriate in this situation. But I mean, my grade, I guess, for Fabry overall, which is how how he's played so far this season, I'd give Robbie Fabry a B.
0: Yeah, I'd say B minus B. B minus B is is fair. I mean, he's been effective on their power play. I mean, when you look at the possession metrics, he's at an 86-4 Corsi, which is really freaking good. And we've seen the last couple of games where he's got some goals and had some beautiful passes that have led immediately to a goal, Mm -hmm. which is what you would kind of expect from him. I mean, you look at, like I said, don't look at his chart for evolving hockey. It might scare you a little bit. Um, and Jay Fresh, that's really not much better. But, I mean, he's coming in at 81% finishing, which is damn really good. He's a second-line time on ice guy, which we've seen that's the safest thing you can mention about him. I mean, he can kind of do it all, but he's definitely not there for defense, and you kind of want him out there for to score goals or set up goals. And more often than not, you can say that that's happening because his war right now is at a 51%, which is not awful, but not great for maybe a second line guy. So we want to see that higher. So we, I think the big thing, like when we talk about when it looks like he's on cocaine out there is, and I think we made this comparison maybe last week or two weeks ago, he loses the puck when he really shouldn't be losing the puck. And I think we were talking about Zadina with this instance is that they kind of just get too excited almost. Kind of how Tatar was several years ago, where he'd be coming in, you'd think he's about to make a great play, then he tries to deke through somebody, and then the puck's gone and we're going the other way. If, If he got that reined in a little bit, because we know the guy can skate. He's a great skater. He can fly up and down the ice. Just hold on to the puck a little bit longer, make that sound decision. And I think we see a lot of these numbers spike especially when it comes to passing and trying to make, make that extra move through somebody.
1: Now, this is what I find interesting is if you, if you looked at Philip Zadina's gar of negative three and war of negative 0.5, and then you look at Robbie Fabry, it's, it's real interesting, Ryan. Robbie Fabry's gar right now is a negative 4.2, and his war is a negative 0.7. So his gar and war are actually worse than Zadina's. And that's probably because Philip Zina is a better defensive player um, in all situations. Like a far, I mean, if you look at the numbers purely off what you said, a Jay Precious card, even involving hockey's cards, is that uh, Robbie Fabry has not been good defensively. So again, though, for what Robbie Fabry is there to do and where I think he'll eventually end up, which when Verona comes back, I think Fabry's dropped down to the third line.
0: That could be a good thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, it'll give him more favorable matchups. It'll open him up a little bit more. If he's scoring the way he's scoring on the second line, then I think he gets even more opportunity on the third. Um, I,
0: I think, actually, he's a guy that would greatly benefit being on the third line with, like, Ernie and Rasmussen or Raz and insert person, maybe Zadina.
1: Yeah, but right now he's really popping off on the Guelph line, so... That's for true. Studer has been a great line the past few games.
0: Studer has just gotten better and better as the years gone and he's on. He's been and Bert good Bert since has the beginning. Added, well, yeah, but I mean I feel like he's really picked it up even more lately and Bert has added something to that line which I didn't know that we all needed.
1: The the toughness on that line is that what you're talking about?
0: Uh control.
1: The ability to not some, lose some a puck control. in 3 seconds.
0: Yeah, even though Bert has done that yeah. more off more often than I would yep. like. Um but it's it's he, his playmaking and his able, ability to kind of go after that puck as we've talked about has mm-hmm. really opened up Fabry and Suter to do their crazy things without the puck and that's it's really been it's it's fun
1: it is but all right so we're going to move on to Continue. the next forward wait what was
0: the, what was your grade would we give b I'm minus b. b minus b is that, yep. okay got it
1: we're going to move on next forward number 23 our uh, like our, our favorite right now Lucas Raymond uh, I'm not
0: even going to go deep on Raymond. I'm just going to give the kid a, a, plus. a, a plus A, plus. and be done with it. Like, I don't think we need, I don't, I don't think we really need to talk about Raymond and where he's at. He's still number one in scoring for rookies. He's so fucking killing it. I, I mean, it. we've, we've, we've swooned over him so many times. I don't think we need to really dive in.
1: Lucas Raymond. I'll just go surface stats. 42 games played. Absolutely. 11 goals, 22 assists for 33 points. Um, he is, I, I mean, what what can you say? He'll be a
0: rookie of the year finalist, and you can't really ask for much 86 more. 86
1: shots on net, uh, 12.8 shooting percentage, averaging 18 minutes a night, um, which I actually think is kind of low when you look at uh, people like Bertuzzi, who's at 19.40 a night, and Larkin, who's at 18.51 a night. Um,
0: I mean, you got to add in, they're, they're playing some PK time of the sword, so.
1: Yeah, uh, Lucas Raymond, he has a... Um Overall, Corsi 4 of 53.6 and Fenwick of 52.3. Really good numbers. Uh, Whenever he is on the ice, the team shoots at an 11.4. And his on-ice save is 91.1, which is also big. bigger. Uh, of course, he gets far more offensive zone starts and defensive zone starts simply because he is an offensive threat. Um, but yep. like you said, it's <clears throat> you, Lucas Raymond, his... Is is everything you, I mean, way more than you expected him to be in year one. You expected him to get to this point, maybe year two, um, halfway through year two. But you did not yeah. expect this from literally game one of the season.
0: No, it, it's been between him and cider, and we'll talk about cider in the next episode. It's been nothing less than amazing and I want, to watch him play hockey. I want
1: positive Gar and War. So Lucas Raymond right now, his Gar is a 2.2 and his War is a point four. So, positive numbers, meaning you are a better team and you score more goals when Lucas Raymond is on the ice. Uh,
0: he's got a 65% war with uh, Jay Fresh and is 79% finishing.
1: What's his overall player score on Jay Fresh?
0: 65. Really? I'm on the player. Yeah, for his player. Ah, card,
1: that seems low to me.
0: His assist, his A1 per 60 is 95%. Oh, of course. So, he is.
1: He's a disher. His he's a He's a playmaker. Offenses.
0: His EV offense is 70, but his defense is three.
1: So that was the thing when Lucas Raymond was drafted is they said, Lucas Raymond has offense, the, you, as you can <laughs> see with the goals that he has scored. But Lucas Raymond is a playmaker first, simply because of how yeah. high his hockey IQ is.
0: I just, I'm actually to the point now where I wish he would shoot more.
1: Oh yeah. I, I think last game he did, he had five shots or six shots mm-hmm. on that against Nashville.
0: I'm- the thought i love his thought process and some of the pass he's been trying to make but i think teams have figured out that he's looking for that extra pass rather than trying to shoot it it once that once he gets past that point yeah. whole buddy
1: and like out. we said he's got a laser and it's accurate and it's Good. i mean just such a talented kid and it's amazing to have two rookies that are should be leading the calder race um
0: mm-hmm. get
1: rid of Zebras. Just don't look
0: at just don't look at NHL.com. Yeah, Mr. Fancy P- Pass. That's uh, I can it.
1: flip a puck over a goal, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. and all all the people in Anaheim are like, he made history by doing that. I'm like, go look at Pavel Datsu, who did that like What's four this times. Historic about that? Nothing about flipping a puck over a goal. Guys do it in practice all the time. <laughs> if we move uh, on d- to the next forward, we're going to look at P.S. Suter. Use. so Ryan said. I mean, PS Suter. I am. Very happy with P.S. Suter this so far the season, and if my page would load,
0: he's got a better J. Fresh card than uh, Mister Raymond. And we will say that
1: uh, he's not also not playing as. Ba- much. Let me let
0: me re- rephrase that more balanced card. He's he's got a seventy three percent war going for himself right now.
1: Let me refresh this really quick. No,
0: he he has been a breath of fresh air, and he's doing exactly I think what we had hoped. And now he's found his scoring touch. You mentioned the Guelph line has really just clicked like no other, which we I think we wondered early on if that would be a thing. And now that it is, it's been beautiful to watch. But the dude's flying all over the ice. He's strong defensively. like he's He is what you would expect from a 2-3 center.
1: Yeah, and he was one of the guys in the offseason that we were like, man, if we could pick up Pia Suter... That would be mm-hmm. huge for us because we need a second line set, solid second-line center, which he has turned into. I mean, he's not Absolutely. on the level of a Dylan Larkin. No one on the Red Wings right now besides Lucas Raymond really is on the level of a Dylan Larkin this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. Pia Suter has played 42 games, has 9 goals, and 10 assists for 19 points. He is a minus 10. Uh, his shooting percentage, though, right now is at a 10.1, which is good. You want to be over 10, really. He has 18 blocks, 17 hits, 710 minutes played for an average of 1654 per night. Right now, his possession metrics, he has a Corsi 4 of 47.7 and a Fenwick 4 of 47.2. Hopefully those go up a bit. Uh, You kind of want your possession metrics uh, over 50 or as close to 50 as possible. Uh, but his on shooting- and it's
0: it's almost not surprising though, just because he's a 50-50 split in his own starts. Well,
1: his on shooting percentage is a 7.2 and his on save is a 90.5. So those are not bad. Those are good numbers. Um, mm-hmm. he is suitor right now. I'm going to give him a B plus.
0: I would give the same, honestly. There's, I mean, we know that there can probably be more. We'll see what happens when Vrana comes back because you put Vrana on his wing, oh, buddy. Oh buddy. I will be. Very excited about that, but I, I don't think there's really much you can say about what he's been able to do so far this season. Maybe I, I you could argue that you want to see more points out of him Um, sure, but, he's, but yeah, he, he really I,
1: heated up these this past these past few weeks is what he did
0: he, he has, and I, I think that's what's been important is that there's some of that secondary scoring we were looking for when I say that outside of the top line yep. so yeah, it's I mean, let's see how how's what's his recent game log look
1: like here. Well, I'll tell you that overall now he is making your team better. His games above replacement is a or his goals above replacement is a point five and his wins above replacement is a point one. So he's not a wash <laughs> and he's making the team better.
0: He's actually been kind of struggling more of late. He's only got one goal in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight games and before that he had two then one but he's he's been kind of kind of streaky in the goal scoring. He had a a solid point streak going for well now he's uh, now he's
1: feeding bert. So
0: yeah. So he had a six game point streak going for a little bit there but that was that was a before Christmas. So he's kind of been back and forth here. So now I, I would say is sound as he's been. I'm going to I'm sticking with a solid B. I don't know if I'm going to go B+. Plus. I to me at more points would be good. 19 points to 40, 42 games is nice, but he's been streaky much like like a Zadina if you want to make that comparison even though he does have a better stat line in terms of goals and assists, but if we start seeing more there, I think this team will really start clicking.
1: I will stick with the B+ plus because he's been solid all season. And even if he is not scoring or putting up the points, his play away from the puck, and even with the puck, if it's not going in, has been good. So that's why yeah. I'll give Pia Suter a B+. Fair. Uh, let's move on to our next forward, which is number 27, Michael Rasmussen. <laughs> which I guess is the, the curious tale of Michael Rasmussen so far this season. He's now he's on a $1 million contract. He is also 22 years old, so he's very controllable Four goals, nine assists for 13 points in 40 games. He averages 15 minutes of um, averages, 1507 a night with a total minute count of 605. He has 49 hits, 37 blocks, and I mean, it, he started out bad. I mean, not good at all. He fallen down again, falling down. He was the fallen down Michael Rasmussen. It's the one we don't like. His Corsi four on the season is a 40.4. His Fenwick four is a 41.9. Those numbers are not good. On a shooting percentage, though, is at a 9.2. On a save is low at an 86.8. The thing is, is Michael Rasmussen has bounced around lines more than a fucking basketball. Uh
0: yeah, he's he's the redheaded stepchild for when it comes to getting line movement going up. But
1: Michael Rasmussen, and again, maybe not the past few games because they've been bad games overall, but he over the past 10-15 games has improved. And it's shown <laughs> that it's improved. He's put pucks in net, he's used his body to his advantage, he's not falling down. He gets far more defensive zone starts and offensive zone starts is 61% for defensive zone starts.
0: Which is dep- surprising, but not, I guess it's a good way. It's a good thing to me in terms of his development of where he was versus where he is now, because before you wouldn't have wanted him taking a, a defensive zone faceoff. No. So that's, that's a big deal.
1: Um, right now, Michael Rasmussen, as far as Gar and War goes, is a wash. A negative 0.1 for goals above replacement and a zero for wins mm-hmm. above replacement. So he is almost your baseline player in the league,
0: is Pretty Michael much, yeah.
1: Rasmussen. But you have to think if this was the first quarter of the season you looked at these numbers, they would have been way down. So he's ticked mm-hmm. them up since then. And I, I'll give Michael Rasmussen the the C the sea on the season um, because uh, he agree. is literally the, the middle of the road player currently at 22. Uh, I mean, I get
0: you could probably be more critical. And what I mean by that is more critical in the sense that he was a ninth overall pick. So you would hope for a lot sure, more but
1: Penn Holland also mm-hmm. drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about
0: that, but at the same time, like, I don't think any of us liked the pick when it happened, but we've seen the growth and the guy has been pretty much thrown to the wolves from day one because they didn't want to send him back to juniors because he was making juniors an embarrassment. Yep. And he was also getting hurt down there when it wasn't really needed. So seeing where he's come, like he's already surpassed his point total from last season. He had 12 points in 40 games last year. He's at 13 through 40 this year. Improvement if we can keep going and break his 18 point high of 18, the 18, 19 season, that's I, I in a way that's all you can ask for. Cause again, he's 22, yep. but at the same time, how long do you let that leash go? He's about to turn 23 in April. He's a perfect depth guy for your team. And again, but the biggest thing is he fits the Iserman mold, at least on what we see. He's a big bodied center. That's not afraid to put a body on somebody. And he can also be strong in front of the net. and he's finally getting harder to move. And I think that's been key.
1: Now, do you think it's kind of, a going into the off season, a battle between him and Joe Valeno for your three C spot? No, that's tough. I mean, I, because Joe Valeno to me has I, been not impressive.
0: No. And that's unfortunate. I think right now Rasmussen would definitely have the upper hand in that situation. But I also wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility because, again, we talked about Mitchell Stevens. He's been hurt.
1: Yeah, but Mitchell so Stevens was your force. season.
0: Valena, for sure. But Valeno right now is that, that I mean, if we're going to the offseason, I, I could see one of these guys really playing for their life at this point. But I think you keep Valeno around because he does bring some speed. Something's not clicking, and it's, it's, it's upsetting. But I could also still see Iserman going out and picking up a third-line center. And then you have Rasmussen. He I think Raz turns into your your utility guy at that point. So what are you giving him?
1: <sighs> see. Okay. I are on the same page there. Yeah. I will agree with you. And that's Michael Rasmussen is your literal middle of the road player based on goals above replacement and wins above replacement.
0: He, he he's sound, and I, I think that's important. No, I think long term he's your he, you could see I could see him floating more so as your fourth line center. But it just depends on if you keep Mitchell Stevens around at that point. So it's, it's he, he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Yeah, and
1: I think Rasmussen, if he keeps going at the rate that he's going these past this past quarter, I think he'll uh-huh. only get better, or I mean, at least keep it consistent, which is what we need of him. We'll go to the next forward in Giovanni Smith.
0: Giovanni's. going to say, I hope you're not going to talk about. Chris I'm not going to talk about. Am, I'm going to put. He's an E.
1: <laughs> e F minus. Uh, Giovanni Smith is 23 years old. Uh, he is on a contract that is worth $750,000. So controllable and young still, uh, he has played 33 games with an average ice time of eight minutes and six seconds for a total of 267 minutes. He has 17 block shots and 53 hits, uh, Giovanni Smith. It took him a while to break into the lineup which I think was kind of expected. He has a core C4 right now, 46.3, a Fenwick of 46.1, an on-ice shooting percentage of 7.8, which isn't awful, awful, and an on-ice save of 90.2, which is pretty good. Uh, And his zone starts are almost split even at a 50.4 offensive and a 49.6 defensive. Giovanni Smith is your bottom six grinder. Um, That's what he's there to do.
0: I I think bottom six is generous.
1: Giovanni Smith is your fourth line grinder. It's what he's there to do. There we um, go. They have flexed him higher than third line before, which is surprising, but
0: confusing, he, I think is a better I, word.
1: It's there. He's there to get in people's faces and fuck shit up for lack of a better term. Man. And uh, that's, that's what he's there to do. Now he does have offensive touch. He's scored goals. He's not a defensive liability. He's like we said before, he's basically a younger version of his brother currently.
0: Yeah. I I think right now to your, to what you just said there, he's more of an offensive liability than defensive
1: currently, which is
0: okay. But it's frustrating. And we've talked about it. Like we, and we know, we know how D Mac loves the guy for obvious reasons. And I'm, I have been critical of Smith mainly because I think we have uh, mate, is it a too high of an expectation for him to provide more offensively? Because we know it's there, but more often than not, rather than trying to make that play in a puck, he's making that play in the body. But at the same time, like I, the one play that sticks out to me recently is Philip Zina. Had made a great play on the far boards, um, if you're looking at it from a broadcast view. Managed to get the puck, did a quick little spin move, or it was off the backhand, one of the two. Centered it, Giovanni Smith made a great play on it, got it, had pretty, pretty much a one-on-one with the goalie, shot it right into him, tonight. It's those little things there that show the flash of what could be. He's like a poor man, Adams Ernie, at this point. It's just that he's way more aggressive and stronger and can beat the shit out of people. But I don't
1: want to be a poor man's version of current Adam Ernie.
0: No, and it, that leads me to say he's almost not much different than Luke Witkowski.
1: Oh no, stop right now.
0: No, that's where my that's where my head goes with him lately. It's just the Luke difference. Luke is, that, is yes, bad I know at Wich- everything. I know Witkowski played defense, and yes, you're right, but that's where I go with him sometimes, and it's frustrating because. I don't think he should be getting that comparison, but he's played that way, at least to me. And I hate it because I want him to be out there. I want the grinder. He's a grinder that this team desperately needs. But more often than not, that grinding is getting him game misconducts, five-minute fighting majors, and sometimes having an extra instigator penalty thrown on top of it or kicked out of games. And then by that point, you're fucking your team. And he's done that several times this season. And it has severely hurt them. And that's what pisses me off.
1: So only fight when needed, Giovanni Smith, and try and score some more goals.
0: I don't even, not, not even necessarily score goals. Just keep, bring the offense that we know you have, and things crazy shit's going to happen. So C-. minus. Right? That's where I'm going. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to go lower. I don't think that'd be fair because he's not there to be crazy offensively. But he's he's a lot to be desired for me. And it just, that that's where I'm from.
1: Frustrated. D-. Sure. Up next forward. Number 59, Tyler Bertuzzi, 26 years old a. on a contract of $4.25 million a season. Uh, right now he is Jeez, I hate how I can't sort this the same way. In 34 games played has 19 goals and 17 assists for 36 points. His shooting percentage right now is at 21.8. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, Averaging 19 minutes and 40 seconds a night, 17 block shots, 28 hits. I mean, there's not a ton bad, you can say, about Bertuzzi, except for in the past few games, his defense has been spotty. Um, His possession metrics, he is at a Corsi 4 of 54.5, a Fenwick 4 of 53.3, on-ice shooting percentage of 13, and an on-ice save of 92.6. Tyler Bertuzzi gets an A. I mean, it's he gets 62% of his starts in the offensive zone and there's not much really you're going to say bad about Tyler Bertuzzi when you've got him on the ice.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, you, you can't. I mean, he's playing a full game, both ends of the ice. He's aggressive, he's not afraid to get in there and block shots. He's not going to throw his body into anything you're laughing while you're wonky
1: laughing. numbers man tyler pertuzzi's goals above replacement right now 11.9
0: that's got to be top one of the highest in the
1: with with tyler Bertuzzi on your team you average 11.9 more goals and 2.1 that- more wins per season <laughs>
0: Do you have a league comparison available for that? Because that's got to be one. I can highest.
1: take a look. Let me clear out his name and just hit submit and see what it gives me. But that's, I mean, that's an absolute insane number. Uh, highest right I got, now. I so it in the league. Highest right now is Miko Rantanen. whose Gar is at a 17. He's top 10. Uh, Timo Meyer, 15.6. Nazem Kadri, 14.9. David. I fucking hate that Nazem Kadri is number three. David Pasternak, 13.4. Anthony Duclair, 12.7. Johnny Gaudreau, 12.7. Joe Pavelski, 12.6. You look, Tyler Bertuzzi is number 12. uh, Tied with Evan Rodriguez, Rupe Hintz. Uh, Those are the two that he's tied with. All are at 11. I was
0: looking at only, I'm I'm looking at only forwards. That's why I've got him showing as 11. He's ahead of Austin Matthews, Thomas Hurdle, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid. Like that's the type of season he's having.
1: Yeah, as far as goals go. And you gotta remember too that he misses all the games where we moved to Canada. So Yep. That's
0: and he's missed some outside of that too. So he in missing what six games so far?
1: Yeah, it'll be nine total. Plus, he was out uh in COVID protocol, so he lost a couple there. So Tyler Bertuzzi yep. might miss a total of what eleven had... games unless he gets injured.
0: Yeah, he's played 34 games on the season. We're at we're at forty two,
1: right? Forty-one. Yeah. So Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, you can't say anything bad about him. No,
0: he's he's hands down been one of the the best players on this team, and you see that with Larkin and Raymond on his on his wing, and you now see it with Fabri and Suter. They're making things happen, not necessarily always on the score sheet, but but Bertuzzi is, and that's what you can ask for. He's making things happen on the power play lately, which I think is very important for a team that has a team
1: whose power play sense. is absolute dog shit. Yep. So Tyler Bertuzzi gets an A, Ryan. Bingo. We are going to move to the other star of the team, number 71, Dylan Larkin, your captain and your all star, which is great. A plus. Uh, Yeah. 19 goals, 18 assists for 37 points on the season so far. Again, Larkin's actually going to be coming up on a contract year here, which Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to get a payday, man. I would not be surprised to see Larkin in the, if he keeps this up for the rest of the season the way he's playing. In the eight and a half to nine and a half million dollar range per season.
0: I think it'll be close. I bet it'll be closer to eight. You think? Because you're going to have to think about your comparisons. And I think you look no further than Colorado. And I think he'll be around eight. eight you think million he's going to get a
1: Landis deal? Yep. Okay. So in 37 games played, he has 37 points. So he's on a point per game place uh, pace. His shooting percentage is 17.4, averaging 18 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time a night. With 15 blocks and 28 hits. Right now, Larkin's Corsi numbers, I mean, he's a possession machine 55.1 Corsi 4, 53.8 Fenwick 4, with an on ice shooting percentage of 13.1 and an on ice save of 89.3. Larkin does it all in all situations. I mean, he's the guy, he's the go to guy. Uh,
0: I think the only thing you, you could want more from him is more power play points, and that's about it.
1: Sure. And I mean, he's,
0: but and you can say that with most of the guys in this. Larkin's
1: team. also your overtime guy, so uh, mm-hmm. Larkin, I, uh, I to me too, a plus. That's what I'm giving Larkin. Uh, he is yep. your full. If anyone doubted Larkin as a one C, this is the season where he told you to shut the fuck up.
0: I mean, we said it before the season started that he needed to have his bounce back yep. year, and he's had it, and in then like amazing. If he made it. If you if he's going to continue at a point-per-game pace, holy shit, dude.
1: Yeah, I, you can't ask for anything better than in Larkins. On a, t- on a
0: team built like yep. this, and you've got a guy hitting 82 points.
1: It's insane. Like, if him and Burt stay on a point-per-game pace, that's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, and,
0: and we know Burt's not going to hit the full Larkins. Actually, neither of them are going to hit the full 82. So, if they both are coming hovering around 80 points by season's end, and you could even throw Raymond in, into that boat. He might be coming in, maybe just short.
1: Uh, Raymond. <sighs> so my my guess, at the beginning of the season was Raymond would have hit fifty points. It looks like he might get into the sixties in year one, yeah. which is nuts. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. So, no, I, I the captain has spoken. Your top line has been huge. Is
1: all your A's are on your top line. I, no one below your top line. Well, Bertuzzi's on the second line now, but no one below your top line is getting this season.
0: Yeah. So. Pretty
1: much uh we will move on to our next forward adam ernie number 73 yeah. 26 years old on a 1.8 million dollar contract um i adam ernie i'm, I'm
0: going solid c i, I it's, 41 games I played don't.
1: four goals six assists for 10 points uh shooting percentage of 8.3 averaging 13 minutes and 59 seconds of ice time a night with 83 hits 31 block shots so he's doing nothing if not sacrificing himself
0: oh, looked out further than was what game was it on ESPN that Bucci was calling? uh was it panthers game?
1: Um, it, yeah, I think it was panthers where were was Fabry like,
0: where the sacrificial It was aims. like a
1: minute and a half of nothing but block shots what is it, happening? it was absolutely insane um, but right yeah. now he is at a minus sixteen with a um on a shooting percentage of. 7.2 on a save of 88.9. Corsi four 44.9. Okay. Fennec four 46.5. And, and he's not, he doesn't have the offense like he had. Well, he hasn't so far this season had the offense like he had the end of last season. So I could call that a fluke. I know it's possible for him to do it. He's just not doing it. I mean, again, I would give, actually, I'm going to give Adam Ernie because of what he ended last season with a C minus.
0: Yeah, I'm between, I'd say C minus to a C. I mean, the the expectations are low there, in my opinion. I would like some more offense because of how the season ended. So I think that's where your C- is actually pretty appropriate. But he's still doing the grinding things that you would expect of him. So it's hard to be really too upset. But for this type of team to take a step forward, you need him to help put the puck in the net. And yeah. That's not happening. So he's he hasn't had he's had one point in his last five games.
1: Well, right now he is at a negative two point two for goals above replacement and negative point four for wins above replacement. So again, those mm-hmm. are also not good numbers. Um,
0: I mean, you could try to maybe blame it on the fact the third and fourth line has been shuffled to high health. Yeah. but more often than not, you see him with Rasmussen and Nemestikov. and those guys are not my much, but they're putting points up and earning not. So. Yeah.
1: I'm safe with giving him a C minus currently.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say that whole line you could almost grade the same. Maybe Vlad, I think it's a little bit higher of a bump. But
1: well, this is this is where you look at it and you say, okay, the top line's getting an A. Very few other people like Fabry gets you your B. You get your B in a PS tutor or a B plus, and then your bottom two lines are. I mean, we could, even if we wanted to clump together, Sam Gagne, we could clump together. I mean, Gagne, Rowney, Valeno, all your fill-in people from your taxi squad and your people like that are going to get D's. I mean, mm. Valeno's come in and give you almost nothing. Uh, it's It's where you find that your team is not a playoff team though they are overachieving this year because of how absolutely insane your top line is and how solid your second line is even when they're not scoring, which is kind of also the issue
0: and goaltending has been, you know, pretty good. And,
1: and Ned stands on his head nine out of 10 nights, but
0: yeah, it's just, all right, let's, 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 let's keep going here. I don't want well, to, do you want
1: to put him in a group? Do you want to put Gagne together with Joe Valeno? No, I don't think they've.
0: I think Gagne, for playing majority fourth line and some minimal power play time, has had a decent season in comparison.
1: Okay, so Sam Gagne, who will I would I would give, um,
0: no, but I would give Gagne a a solid C plus. I mean, I would almost say no. I'll I'll stay at a C plus. I mean, when he's on the ice. You can tell that the he still has the skill. He's like he's now to the point of where uh, Tom Vanek was when he's out there. Hopefully, good things are going to happen. I mean, he can still skate, but he's still so smart with his playmaking that he's making the guys around him better. And I've seen you've seen that when you watch him with Zadina when Zadina was demoted. When those two are making plays, it's it's beautiful. I love Sam Gagner. I have a low key crush on because he's so sound in the way he plays. And he's only getting 13 minutes of, of ice time. So it's it's like the expectation is low. But when he's out there, a lot of things happen. It's just that it's not like it used to be.
1: So Sam Garnier right now has an on-ice shooting percentage of 8.4 and an on-ice save of 87.7. Those aren't super That's not pretty. good. Um, his Corsi and Fenwick are also low. with The Corsi 4 of 42.4 and a Fenwick 4 of 43.8. Uh, right now though his goals above replacement is a negative 0. 0.4 his wins above replacement is a negative 0. 0.1 those are pretty close to even i mean he's <sighs> sam gagne is who sam gagne is going to be he's 32 years old like i said this yeah. is probably gonna be his last season in detroit i'm going to give sam gagne a c minus that's fine for me um i mean he's playing fourth line minutes but it's the possession numbers are low the the on ice save is low, and but I mean he's doing the on ice save is surprising, for a, but, uh, for a a veteran player on a fourth line, yeah.
0: So, I, I've always liked him. I'm glad they brought him back. I think he's always got the short end of the stick the last several years. Um, if he was still in Edmonton, I think he'd actually be having a decent season. But he it probably help Edmonton quite
1: a bit with how garbage they are right now.
0: Yep. So, but I don't know. I, I'm I've. I like Sam. I think he's a sound player, and he's a a great veteran mentor, and hopefully he's a guy that can help Sadina out as the season Uh, goes. Maybe
1: he's a possible trade target for Edmonton. Could be. We'll see. Let's move on to Joe Valeno. Joe Valeno, (laughs) 22 years old. So far this season has played 26 games with three goals and one assist. He is a negative nine. His shooting percentage, his personal shooting percentage currently is an 8.8. He's averaging 12 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time a night with 10 blocks and 47 hits, which is actually pretty high. Uh, His Corsi 4 sits at a 44.6. His Fenwick 4 sits at a 44.8. His on-ice shooting percentage is a 4.6. His on-ice save is a 90.1. He's split 50-50 defensive and offensive zone starts. Joe Valeno, which kind of sucks, is you wanted to bring him in as this offensive guy who could be solid mm-hmm. defensively. And it seems that he's been solid defensively, but there's just almost no offense there.
0: No, he hasn't had a point. He's had one point over his last 13 games.
1: Yeah, but it's bad. I mean, Joe Valeno right now for me with his guard, he hasn't scored in 12. With his gar and war. His goals above replacement is a negative 3.4. His wins above replacements a negative 0. 0.6. Joe Valeno for me right now is getting a D.
0: You know, I, I'm teetering between a D plus and a C minus. I think D plus might be more appropriate simply for the fact that he's a guy that you, I think the expectation there, while we didn't think, or we don't, I don't think the expectations were as high as Adina. No. But he, ha, there, there were similar aspirations. <laughs> yeah, there were similar aspirations there where we hope that he's going to go out there, put some pucks on the net. And make things happen. We've seen, we know the shot that he's had. We've seen it. Yeah. But it has, are the, those, some of those shots been a fluke? Well, you've also seen the flashes of
1: his hands too. Like his, yeah,
0: it's, it's, the the things are there. But again, he's to the point where he's what, 22 years old. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination. That's, that's not fair to say that he is. But he's getting to that point of what are you going to do for this team long term? Are you going to be a fringe fourth, fine third line player? Or are you going to be impactful and help them succeed? And what we're grading on
1: is the first half of the season. And my grades for the first half yeah. of the season and how he's performed versus my expectations of him coming in.
0: Should have wrote all this down. I'll have to go
1: back. I mean, if he if he would have maybe scored four or five more goals, had a few more assists, I think, it'd be a I think, I think I'd probably give him a B if he's playing bottom six and has ten goals, but he doesn't. That's points. the thing. So ten goals or ten points? I, I would say if he had well, what's he got right now? Four goals. Four. So
0: three, three goals and four points.
1: So maybe if he had what's he? Twenty six games played. So maybe if he had mm-hmm. eleven points, that you, we'd be having kind of a different conversation because then Joe Valeno potentially is playing a defensive game and chipping in offensively, and it's just the yeah. offense has been the problem. But again, the bottom six has been a mess most of the season. So
0: yeah, it's if not a lot of there's a lot of the same type of player meaning not a lot of skill
1: all right let's round it out Vladislav Nemestikov is our last player
0: b uh he's getting a solid b for me
1: vlad has 42 games played 11 goals 9 assists for 20 points is averaging 15 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time a night with 23 block shots and 29 hits his shooting percentage is at a 20 uh that's the second highest shooting percentage on the team behind bertuzzi which is, I mean, good for him, right? And he seems to be the short-handed god. Like, Nemesikov's just picking up... He <laughs> was the empty net god last season. This time, he's shorthanded. Yeah. Uh, right now, he is... Let's go to his possession metrics. He has a Corsi 4 of 40.3 and a Fenwick 4 of 42. Those are ugly numbers. Um, but his on-ice shooting percentage are hmm. 11.4 and his on-ice save is an 88.9. Um, on, I save is also not great. He's getting more defensive zone starts though, than offensive zone by almost 10% though.
0: They've really turned him into a two way forward.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, Nemesikov we were hoping would come into this season and be good because we were hoping that's what would happen last season. And it just didn't happen. And he has been yeah. better this season so far than last season. Overall, his games above are his goals above replacements of 4.4, 4, which is great. And his wins above replacements a point eight, So he's a positive on your team. And I'm also going to give him a B plus yeah, he's been playing top I, line I think with he and, and Raymond.
0: And he doesn't look out of place. I think is the biggest thing with that.
1: No guy's got skill.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he definitely takes the place of Bertuzzi when it comes to going into the rough areas, if you will. And, but when he gets the puck, his head's up. Yep. He's looking for where his guys are on the ice and he also knows where they are before he's making the play. So he is I think we've talked about it before, and I mentioned this earlier. He's been one of my biggest surprises, happy surprises. Mm-hmm. what you
1: hoped he would see.
0: Yeah. Now, granted, it's a contract year. We don't know if he could end up getting traded. I think he might be your best option to fetch something good at the deadline. Yeah, we talked about it. But do you also do you do it to do it? Or do you not do it and let him continue to help the other, the younger players on this team? It's, it's a double edged sword in that sense. Well,
1: here's, here's where you ask yourself you're going to get rid of a Sam Gagne. Uh, Carter Rowney is not going to be on this team. Uh, you're going to lose a lot of guys. You're going to lose a lot of the veteran leadership. You're going to lose a Mark Stahl. You could lose a Nick Letty. You're going to get rid of, I mean, Danny DeKaiser's on his last year. Jordan Osterley is not going to be here. I know I'm naming defensemen, but I'm just probably going. All off those guys of, are I'm just going off of a, a veteran standpoint.
0: I mean, he easily takes over a veteran role on this team, and he's only twenty. He just turned twenty-nine years old. He could
1: easily be your oldest player next season.
0: Yeah, be- and that's a good thing
1: because I think all the guys over thirty are going to be gone, or thirty yeah. and older. He,
0: of all the guys, I would I kind of would be selfish about trading. I think he'd be one of them. Simply for that fact of he loves to be here. I don't. I, I don't necessarily think Eiserman would do it to him simply because also of the family tie. Yeah. Now that might, that's just me with some a little oil bit of nepotism. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it also makes sense in that way. And even if he does get traded, I could still see him coming back.
1: Sure. Which to me wouldn't be an so, issue either because, like I said, he's no. improved. He th- he's improved this he he can
0: make this team better
1: absolutely and he does i mean that it's the stats show that when he is on the ice the team is a better team so now he's on
0: the verge of that downfall of of due to age but at the same time does that really hurt you when he's barely going to be 30 years old start uh, at the start of next season. yeah
1: and you're going to shift him down and give him less responsibility anyways because you hope you've got someone like a Berggren coming in and that yeah. brings him down. You've got Verana coming back that pushes him down. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. he's.
0: I mean, as long as his speed doesn't get hurt yeah. by as he's getting older, at least in the next two to three seasons, I think you're okay. So if
1: you've got a third line, uh, which is a third line I wouldn't be mad about uh, Fabry Rasmussen Nemestikov,
0: or even Zadina Fabry Nemestikov.
1: Sure. You do that too.
0: I mean, you, it's interchangeable, but yeah, no, that first one would be fantastic.
1: If you trade him, I'd try to get him back, I think, because I there's no one in your system that you're going to put in a place of his and have them do better. Uh-huh. And unless you're going in the off season and, and signing someone or you're making a trade here at the deadline to improve, I think Nemesnikov on a bottom six role is going to be just fine. And it's not going to hurt him. No, and it's going to help the team.
0: So. And you're probably going to get him for cheap still. Yep.
1: So I give him a B. Yeah, fair. that rounds out our forwards, Ryan.
0: That's a lot. It is a
1: lot. That's why we only do forwards in one episode. Because if we did the whole team in one episode, it'd be like three hours. I'd cry. So uh, I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off.
0: No final thoughts. I mean, it's it's a confusing forward group that we have right now, and I don't say that like the good and the in bad, bad are way. very
1: two polar opposites on this group.
0: When they're good, we've seen what this team can do. They can play with some of the best teams in hockey as long as they're at home.
1: Yeah, as long as they're not there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, as long as they're at home. But, I mean, what, what it's exciting because a lot of the guys that we just talked about are 25 years old and under. And that, that's all we can ask for as a fan base in seeing what is to come. Because next season, this roster again is going to be very different, at least in theory, and based off what we've seen with Eiserman up to this point. So there's certain guys that we know are locks and are going to be here, but there's some that we're also like, I'm not really sure where you're going to be long term, like Zadina, Valino, and Rasmussen, for instance. Yeah. But it's still a, a scenario that makes you excited because we know what these guys are, are capable of, but also what they're not capable of. And let's say, sometimes getting beat up and embarrassed on away ice. But no, it's, it's just fun because we, we haven't had this opportunity to really give, I think the last couple of years, our grades have probably been the exact polar opposite of where we've been. I know last year we were hammering Dylan Larkin for his performance. Yep. And now we're seeing what he can bring as the captain and a
1: when he's a hundred percent, healthy.
0: He looks like the one C that many people fight for, or you could still argue he's a two C on a top tier team, but either way you're getting a great player and that's what we needed. And it's showing. So, but no, it's, it's, it's confusing, but exciting all at the same time. And this, we're going to, it's going to be in, in, interesting to see where we're at in terms of grades by the season's end. So on that R D Ryan 33.
1: My final thoughts are going to be that the nhl.com writers need to give their heads a fucking shake because there is no way that Trevor if it's based on points alone, Trevor Zegras is only 3 points above Mo Sider in the Calder race. And Mo Sider is playing number 1 D minutes at a near elite level with a partner in Danny DeKaiser, who's a literal boat anchor and doing what he is doing. Which is absolutely insane. Uh, Moritz Sider, if if the Calder is based on skill, should be absolutely running away with it right now. So that's all I really have to say about that. Um, one one guy does a flippy boy over the net and gets a, runs away with the Calder. It's an absolute. Shame. We need to
0: get Jake back on to hear his talk, his points. We should bring Jake on next I, week just to have him go with. I'll, I'll
1: go. I'll go ask him. Um, Right. there was someone else who was talking about back to the Larkin thing on what other they tried, keep saying that Larkin's not an actual one season, actual one C. And then they asked me, well, what other playoff teams would Larkin replace the top line center? And uh, I said, okay, I think he goes into Minnesota and replaces the top line center. I think he goes into Vegas and replaces the top line center and William Carlson. I think he goes into St. Louis and replaces Ryan O'Reilly on the top line.
0: That one, I would, that one's tricky, but okay.
1: I think there, I think I named four teams, four current playoff teams where Dylan Larkin would go in and replace the top line center easily. Mm-hmm. So it's.
0: We might have to look into that one, d- like to actually yeah. debate it a little bit. But
1: I, Dylan Larkin has turned. I wouldn't, I wouldn't
0: mind looking at that as a side-by-side, just seeing mm-hmm. where the stats align versus what we see.
1: Sure. And we can do that after we do We'll look at a couple weeks. Let's do that after yeah, we'll do uh, we round out midseason grades. So.
0: maybe maybe as we get closer to how playoff teams are starting to actually be set in stone, maybe we do that toward the end of the season. Cool. Um but that or 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 we do it around the uh, trade deadline.
1: Yeah, that might be even better. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, but that's gonna do it for us tonight. Before we uh, sign off, I want to give a shout out to Howie's hockey tape where if you go use the promo code grindline, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code on bring hockey back, you get 12% off your order. You can check out our merch shop on Redbubble. If you go to redbubble.com and search the grind line, you'll find all our stuff there. Uh, you can get our designs on stickers, on hats, on shirts, on a bunch of weird shit.
0: Uh, we also Still waiting on the show. We shower
1: also room. like to give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should buy your Detroit jerseys and get them serviced. Uh, they're absolutely amazing. Really any Red Wings gear. Yeah, we're absolutely amazing. And uh, we're gonna be doing some more stuff with them coming up. Uh, But that's going to do it Mm -hmm. for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Akatown.